1: podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share
2: honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships.
1: Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone
2: both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Welcome back, everybody, to Sex Talk. We are glad to be with you this week. Tracy, tell me about your weekend. Well, I have to apologize in
1: advance if I'm sounding a bit if my brain's not working properly. Because I went out to see Cabaret, this this um theatre production in London last night with some friends. And rather hilariously, we each went separately to go to the loo in the intermission and thought to them to ourselves separately, we'd better go and get another bottle of wine. We ended up with like five bottles of wine or something in the intermission to drink before we left it was absolutely ridiculous so um, we end we did that thing where you are, were on the tube with uh, carrying two bottles of wine which was just not a good look really because they were open but it's like so anyway we ended up drinking way too much and my head's not really in the right place but
2: I shall do my best was it good wine I, I finally yeah, this nice age. Actually, really nice yeah I'm 45 and I used to buy, I've been buying cheap wine my whole life. I just, I've always been cheap and that's just what I did. Well, somehow in the past year, I was like, life is too short to drink awful wine and I will tell you, I don't I don't drink that much. And I'm not a boozer like you, party animal, <laughs> wild woman. But um I, I do notice things. that the better the wine, the less awful you feel. Yeah. But you can only have like three drinks. And it sounds like you guys each three had a bottle. Three drinks?
1: God, you lightweight. <laughs> See, <laughs> we, I'm an Aussie. Well, I'm not Aussie, I'm English. So I've got the Aussie and the In the Aussie drinking habit and the English constitution. And I think the combination is a heavy drinker. I drink far less than I used to. But anyway,
2: right. Getting anyway, on to the anyway, point. I can't wait for us to go to a sex retreat and we see who drinks the most. It's going to be yes. Great. I think okay. I'll win. I'm sure of it in <laughs> all areas. Okay, let's get started with the three people that have asked questions this week. All right, first question. I'm 38 and have finally met a nice guy. I really like him, but the sex is average at best. We've only been seeing each other for two months and the sex is like the sex you have two years in. It's okay, but the lust and the spark just isn't there. Is this something you can fix? Um, Look, if you're not having that can't
1: keep your hands off each other at the beginning, it means that chemistry is not a connection point for you. And all couples connect on five different points. There's five crucial connection points. And ideally, you'd really want four or three of them. So they are chemistry, compatibility, making sure you've got stuff in common, common goals, wanting the same things out of life, speed, important, whether you're a fast person or a slow person, and timing, whether you're at the right stage in life. So it sounds to me like she's ticking off a lot of these points, but not the chemistry one. Now, you chemistry is important, but it's if you've only got chemistry, that's not so good either. So, In fact, for a long-term relationship, chemistry is important, but it's not absolutely essential, right? It can develop. And it sounds like, I mean, if you fall in love with this guy, if she falls in love with him, they create history. It's a very nice breeding ground for chemistry to sprout, for the feeling to sprout. So I don't think all is lost here at all. But what I want to know is, was it his side or her side that there was no spark happening or was it just between the two of them? Because it could be that he has
2: no, not a great interest in sex, and this is hot sex for him. Right. And I would it. ask, as a non-sex therapist, I would ask, you know, has she had lust in the past? And if she has, were those with guys that it was, it worked with? Or is this really a good new spot for her to be in because it's not all about the sex? And mm. so this guy might be a friend. like a, And I also think in a long-term relationship, you end up being best friends. That's just... Yes. That's where you go. So you end
1: up at this point anyway. Yeah, yeah. You you is, just yeah. yeah.
2: It's and I think if you still are what I think is important, and maybe now right now I would like the sex to be great because mm. I did I was in the the other one for so long. Not that it wasn't good, it was just it definitely wasn't fire, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. Mm. But I think eventually what everybody wants, especially as you get older, is to have someone that you just adore and that you love and there's ways you can spice it up if you listen to the other podcasts, like yeah. Tracy's got a lot of ideas. So I don't think you, I think you could try maybe drink five bottles of wine after saying cabaret and see if you guys get <laughs> see loose. that
1: takes you. And I think, you know, it could be that he's got low interest. It could be that he's had some bad experiences and hasn't, doesn't feel comfortable letting go. It could be that he's treading carefully and doesn't want to get anything wrong or is it i mean is it technique is it because his technique isn't any good because if that's the problem that's very easy to fix and just a word when you want to give feedback on technique there's a way of doing it and a way of not doing it and the way of not doing it is saying something like this is how you stimulate a clitoris because that's really patronizing but if you say this is how i like my clitoris being stimulated there's a complete difference. This one is, this is what what I like. So it's not, you're not supposed to already know this. So do that. Is it his upbringing? Like, I wonder how comfortable is this guy talking about sex in general? Like, what happens if you watch a sexy film together? What happens if you just talk about, is he comfortable with it? Because it might be something in his upbringing that's stopping it. You can fix that. If it's confidence, give him lots of sexual... Um, compliments to sort of boost his confidence a bit, but the one thing that I wouldn't do, which I always say to do, but I really wouldn't do this, is don't have a direct conversation about it. Because if you say to
2: him, "Hey,
1: have you notice that we've got no sexual spark," that's it. What? How can you possibly come back from that?
2: And, and I feel like that's something a woman says after a bottle of wine when she gets kind of like. Courageous, yeah. and she's like. By the way, I want you to know it's boring. I think too, and I never understood this, but I dated a guy who took a class about sex, and it's funny to me that we take classes about everything, mm. but the one thing we don't take a class that we're supposed to just figure it out, like when we're thirteen or fourteen, by watching one movie. Mm. That somehow our our society doesn't teach us how to enjoy and do one of the exactly. greatest things we have, and so I think it's really important. I would, and so this person Did it that I work dated. For him? Yeah. It did work for him and it really worked for me. And it was a great experience because wow. you you un, you started to understand how the body works, kind of the things mm-hmm. that you talk about. But if you don't know how to have an orgasm, where to have an orgasm, what to do, what positions, what what you're capable of, how to take time with it. If you're only mm-hmm. watching movies and you're thinking of it like, you know, with a soundtrack, like Dirty Dancing in the back, like that doesn't really happen that often in real life unless you know what you're doing and you make a conscious effort to do that. And so I think mm. my advice you for might everybody just need a bit of education take a class like there's so much stuff online mm. do you teach anything no i don't but there are many 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 sex classes that you can
1: take and very very good ones and the other thing i was going to say is that it even if the spark, like I would give it time, I certainly wouldn't walk away. But even if that spark doesn't appear, you can have thoroughly satisfying sex without hot chemistry, so long as his technique is proficient. Exactly. So, so it can be, and then maybe she, if she's still got this sort of lusty urge, she can satisfy that with fantasy solo sex. But it kind of depends on how important sex is to her. Yeah. Like, how much is lusty sex a bit? You know, how much of your whole you know wish list is the hot
2: sex, because the hot sex goes, it does. We all know that. That's what I was going to say. No matter what, it's going to end up being average at best. So you just got there already, but it sounds like you like the guy. <laughs> That's so. not what you're
1: supposed to say, Sorry. Kelsey. At best it's going to be average at best. Think the into whole it. point of this is that we're going to teach people how to have great sex, even in long term. But we are realistic, guys. We yeah. are. And yeah, so anyway, yeah. that would be our advice on that one.
2: I think you're in a good place, sweet lady. Enjoy right. it. And I do. Take a class.
1: upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's
0: quince.com slash upgrade.
2: Okay. Number two, second question. My, well, okay. (laughs) This is something I've wondered about. Oh, okay. My new boyfriend's penis is bent a bit like a banana. Is this anything to worry about? He doesn't seem worried by it and it's not affecting his performance. Well, I don't think there's anything to worry about it, but I do want to hear about the banana and your thoughts on it.
1: Well, if it's really bent, it's probably something called Pyrenees disease, right? Which is something that affects, they reckon, 4% of the population, but it's probably higher because men tend not to go to the doctor about stuff like this. And its um, you don't say how old he is, but I'm guessing he's probably over 40 because it gen- tends to affect people 40 to 60. It's rarer in your 30s, but they what? Pyrenees is, if you imagine the penis being just, picture
2: a penis in front of you just, nice and straight. Just so you know, guys, she's actually doing it with her hands. I can tell you. I'm not
1: doing yes, that. Yes, she's, she's drawing. So yeah, it. picture it nice and straight. Now what, what it's caused by is scar tissue, which is actually segments of, pla- it's flat segments of plaque that form on the penis in as a result of trauma or it can be hereditary as well. So if it forms on one side or the front or the back, it shortens because it's sort of Crams everything up. So that's why it causes the bend. So scar tissue pulls the skin down and makes the penis bend. Now, you can get it from trauma. It could be
2: hereditary. Did I have to tell you do you a mean, story? Sorry, how excuse how I, me. What do you mean by trauma? What, what well, is the trauma was that happened it's to the penis?
1: Vigorous intercourse that goes wrong. Can I tell you a story about my first husband? I nearly broke his penis. We were having sex, right? <laughs> Poor guy. Seriously, I'm surprised he is. He's probably got this now because this is the kind of thing that causes. Can we it. call him on the podcast? No, I don't think he'd be too happy about that. <laughs> so we were having sex, and for some reason, I'm trying to think what position we were just. He was on top, but I had a hard headboard behind me, so I must have been sitting like I don't know how oh, the that's hell. Too much. Anyway, it came out. He was thrusting quite vigorously. He pulled out, and it's and I moved, and he smashed into this very hard headboard or foot of the bed thing, you know, hard thing anyway, and it went through the roof. It, it was terrible. It was just before Christmas he ended up taking, he couldn't we, He had to go to hospital. It was terrible. That's the sort of thing that causes Pyrenees disease or a sports injury. This or it is, can be
2: hereditary. The thought of oh. your husband thrusting into the headboard and it ruining the holidays is so painful for me, oh my God. emotionally, spiritually, oh, and know. physically. Oh, it, Maybe that's why you guys didn't you make it. Imagine? Maybe at some point sure. he was like, this isn't going to work. I nearly cut I'm my sure. thing off.
1: And I was mildly allergic to his sperm as well, okay. his semen. So obviously didn't make it. But anyway, so that's the sort of thing that causes it. Now, I'm assuming this guy has probably had it for a while. A mild bend, by the way, I, I'm guessing it's quite a big bend. if she says it's like a banana. But a mild bend. you know, penises are never perfectly straight so I wouldn't worry about that but assuming it is quite a big bend if he's had it for a while it's really good news because what happens with Pyrenees is when it develops it takes about uh, about five to seven months to really develop and then it stops so if he's had it for a while it hasn't got any worse this is probably as bad as it's going to get and he's lucky because if it's not affecting him he means he hasn't got any pain with or without an erection because it can make sex very painful and it can make sex impossible if it bends too much right? So, but he's fine. But what he must do in all men, any man listening to this and tell your your partner, please, you've got to keep your penis healthy. Now, another thing, and that means use it, use Let, it, listen. have
2: regular orgasms like I tell you, words to live by from Tracy Cox. Is it crazy that her last name is Cox? It is to me. Every time I see it. What's he
1: called it? Nominant determinism. Did your name cause your profession? (laughs) And I think it is a case of that. But you've got to have, if you're not having sex with your partner, you've got to have regular orgasms and ejaculation to keep that penis nice and oxygenated and all the blood chambers filling and emptying. You really do. And if you're not having sex with a partner, masturbate a lot and use a penis pump. This guy needs to use a penis pump. I just got my royalty figures from love honey again and again the best seller the penis pump and what it is
2: yes please share i've never heard
1: of it imagine a flask right a, a flask of coffee thing so it's like a vacuum you put it over the penis it creates a seal and then you pump it there's an automatic one or a hand pump thing and it just pulls by using pressure, it pulls all the blood into the penis. So it gets massively, massively huge. I mean, men love them because they're like, oh my God, look at this. So you can either then remove the pump and put a um, ring on it, a penis ring, and hold the erection, hold all the blood in the chambers and then use the erection, or you can just let it deflate and do that a couple of times to keep your penis healthy. And this is what this guy needs to do. There are treatments, by the way, for this. If you have a really bad, they range from taking vitamin. E to surgery and it's not all bad can I tell you Kelsey because my friend who happened to be a sex therapist actually was having sex with this guy with a really bent penis she was going out with him and she said it was fantastic because it was curved enough to hit Hit the the, right spot the front yeah hit the right spot like a g-spot vibe they curve like a banana as well
2: so those of you out there who have a bent penis you are the lucky ones because you have a chance of thrusting not into a headboard but into a g-spot of a woman i mean if there's not first husband if you're listening i'm very sorry about that i'm sorry and the guy who pumps his penis all the time good good for you you know do your thing (laughs) today feels like a lot of information for me as usual i didn't know about the penis pump the bent thing nothing but okay here we are i'm changed because of this everything it's all i'm changed god's work we're doing god we are doing god's work yes okay last question I'm newly divorced after the dullest marriage in history. I'm 48 and finally free to be able to explore the world and sex. I have no intention of settling down with anyone for a very long time. But a friend I've always found hot, he's single, has a proposition. He wants us to be friends with benefits. What's your view on this? He's not a close friend, so if it all went wrong and I lost a friend, I wouldn't be too worried. I get this one. Mm. I get this what's your reaction to this one? For sure. Go for it. I mean, like, I think so actually at this age and I'm 45, but at this age, I think sometimes people coming into your life for different reasons. So if, if you really, if you're attracted to them and you guys think you'll have great sex and it's a safe place to be and you can explore and enjoy. And when it kind of, when that phase ends, you can yeah. un- untangle beautifully and gracefully without anyone's feelings being hurt. Knock yourself out, sister. Mm. do you know what my
1: knee-jerk reaction was though was i also think she should do this but but why she said she just started the dullest marriage in history which did make me laugh as well but why does she want to then make
2: a commitment to this guy why didn't she just go out there and meet lots of guys i don't think she's making a commitment she's saying we're friends but we have sex she can have sex with mm-hmm. other people too.
1: Meeting? Why can't she go out and have sex with lots of men? Maybe that's my slutty side coming up. No, well, she's it's gonna, hard to. No, to she's going to do
2: both. She's going to do both. Okay. She's just saying, is it okay to get involved with a friend? And we're not going to be in a relationship. We're just going to have sex.
1: Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I get it. I think she would handle her friends with benefits situation really well. For people who don't know, by the way, friends with benefits means sort of good sex with somebody that you know but have no interest in having a romantic right, relationship. long term. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, we will. Have you ever done this? I mean, I think I just kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. I've done this. When I was really busy writing my first book, I was just too busy for a relationship. And I ended up having a really good relationship with a friend of mine. And that went on for about, God, 18 months. And it was great. It worked out really, really well. Um, But you've got to have the right personality. You've got to be very emotionally resilient. You can't be pretending that it's something that it's not. And you need to be aware that you're risking the friendship. So she's ticking all of those boxes. But the other thing you need to be able to do is to separate sex from love. And she sounds like she's going to be able to separate sex from love to me. And the good thing about friends with benefits or sex buddies is that, you know, regular sex and affection is very good for you. But I also think it stops us from doing silly things like maybe having a one night stand with in a bit of a dangerous circumstance or, and this is where I think they're brilliant, it stops people ignoring the red flags early on in a relationship because if you've got somebody who you're already having sex and affection with and you, you meet somebody you're like, you know what, I'm not quite sure, you're less likely to go for it because you're lonely and you're horny. So
2: it very much helps you in that regard. I think it's a really good thing. And I think, I believe this more than ever based on my experience, that there are people that come into your life for different reasons. And my work has always been to, because I've only always loved who I was with, but this ability to find people that you know that aren't going to be with you forever. They're not the the next one, but they are a, a light along the way that either holds you, has great sex with you, talks to you, texts with you, whatever, you know, Mm. whatever the reason is at that time. I think we, this is the first generation that gets to do that a little bit more, especially if you're coming out of divorce or my experience and you kind of are dropped into a world that's, you know, you didn't know about, which was the single world. You've always been married or with somebody. So I hope she has fun. I hope she, I hope they have a great time and they, she learns a lot. I learned a lot about what I like and what I don't like in a really safe relationship that, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be anything more than that, but it was great. And I I feel like we'd be great friends forever. And Mm. yeah. I
1: think what can go wrong is that they can stop you meeting someone else because it can become all too comfy and you get lazy. Sometimes they'll fall for you and you don't fall for them or the other way around, which is why you have to be prepared to risk the friendship. And... But quite often, people end up falling for each other. So it could be that, oh, before we finish on this, I actually got another letter today about friends with benefits, which is an example of a person who shouldn't do this. She said she's been single 20 out of the last 25 years. She's had very little sex. She's now 43, wondering if she should try friends with benefits sex, but worried she's going to hurt herself emotionally. Part of her feels really sad at the thought she's settling for so much less than she wanted from men and relationships but she didn't want to miss out on sex bad idea for this person she is looking for love not sex this is a very very bad idea and what my um, suggestion to her would be to keep looking after just look after yourself sexually with masturbation and a vibrator and keep looking for you what you really want and there is a really good person that I want you to have a look at because you're 43 it's called dating as in evolved. And um, her name is Dr. Mary McLeod. And she, you can get a little ebook that's sent to you free and it's five science-based ways to find to meet a man. And it's really good. It's just really good practical sense and it's great for people in midlife. So I'd suggest that rather than forming a friends
2: with with benefits relationship. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Our time is up here, but we've Mm -hmm. gone through quite a few things. And Again, I just have to thank you for teaching me. This is stuff that we need to talk about. And this is stuff that, I don't know, we're glad everybody's listening because little by little, we're trying to make... Tracy makes sex so simple and accessible. Meanwhile, I'm taking notes feverishly over here to make sure <laughs> that I Kelsey know. Kelsey
1: makes talking about sex a joy and extremely funny.
2: <laughs> Perfect. You are
1: hilarious. I,
2: I hope I take everything I learned and I really bring it back to the bedroom. And I can't wait to just blow someone's mind or pump his penis with the pump. Who knows? Okay. I'll send you one. You can no, have it in the lounge room. Maybe. I have too many. I still have the bondage kit. I'm waiting for the right guy for that one. Um, yeah, okay. Thank that. you guys so much. Have a great week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk.
1: If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts.